Welcome to the Gamers Inn. Come on in, pull up a chair next to the fire. It looks like you've had a long journey. I'm your host, Jocelyn, and unfortunately, Ryan is sick this week, but I do have Bo joining me of core fame. So hi, Bo. Thanks for coming on this week. Hi, Jocelyn. Thank you very much for the invite. I'm very, very excited this week because uh, I think everyone's going to be really confused because we're not talking about Forbidden West this week. <laughs> oh, good. And that's like all I've been playing. And I know everyone was expecting like gamers in to turn into Forbidden West cast for the next like month. But uh, we're actually here to talk about Elden Ring. I'm excited. <laughs> so just a question before we start. Is Ryan playing Elden Ring at all? I know he's not here. No, he... he's playing Forbidden West, which I think is why everyone thought okay. gamers in would just be Forbidden West cast. <laughs> That's what happens when everyone on a show starts playing the same game when it's a variety show that it just becomes about that. Yeah, you know, exactly. John, John John talked about Final Fantasy 14 for many, many months because who could blame him? That's all he was doing. Uh, yeah. Um, yeah. So I, you talked to Scott for a little bit about Horizon Forbidden West, right? I did. I, yeah, I got to sit down with him this afternoon, which was really, really good because um, I just I love the game so much. And unfortunately, I'm so far ahead of everyone. I can't talk about what I know. <laughs> it's oh. driving me nuts. But uh, we did have a really good talk about like some of the systems in the game and and why it's been so impactful on me and why I really enjoy it and stuff. So it was it was a really, really good chat that's mostly spoiler free. I kind of like allude to the fact that there's like big reveals. But I mean, really and truly, if you're playing a game or consuming media of any kind, like there's going to be reveals, right? You don't know what the story is. So that should kind of be a given. Yeah, it's, it's, it's hard to judge because when you're playing something ahead of other people, you're like, I want to talk about it now. Yes. Oh, but my God. Exactly. I don't want to ruin it for but people. But I don't want to ruin it. Yeah. Yeah. So, so what much am I going to talk about on the show? <laughs> yeah, it's a it's a real problem. It's the problem of like super story driven games, which is actually one of the reasons I'm excited to talk to you about Elden Ring, because I know you've put I think yesterday we were talking, you said about 20 hours into it so far. Um, yeah, thing- I think I have to update that. I'm pretty sure I'm at 40 now. That's not there hasn't been 20 hours. Maybe not maybe 30. I'm somewhere I'm somewhere in the 30 to 40 range for okay, sure. Okay, so you're you're deep in and loving it, I'm guessing. Otherwise, you wouldn't have put so much time into it in such a short period. Um but for me, like I'm so usually focused on the world building and the story in the games that I play for the most part. I mean, sometimes I, I play stuff for mechanics only, but usually a game needs to have kind of compelling characters to, to pull me away from everything else going on because there's just so many things to play nowadays. So story wise, like it, has there been anything that's kind of hooked you in Elden Ring or is it like mechanics only like what pulled you in? Cause you're also the kind of gamer that I am in terms of like, Never really got into From games before. No, this is a first time for me for playing this much of a From software game. And I really do like story games, although I would say my favorite story game in the past year or so is Disco Elysium. Ooh. If you haven't played it, it's a not miss. It's a not miss if you haven't played that. I'm just going to take it aside to dish about Disco Elysium. It was like my <laughs> game of the year last year. Like, I think it's one of the best games I've ever played in all of my life. Really? Oh my god. Um, I, I have it. I think I got it when it was uh, free on Epic, maybe. And I find I always struggle with games that I got on Epic 
just because I'm never in that ecosystem. Like I don't play Fortnite, so it's never open and I completely forget that I have those games. <laughs> uh, the other problem, it took me a while to drop into it too. The problem with that game is it's all, it's a text adventure. Like mm. those games don't really, your level you of like excitement, your level of excitement and dopamine, like just like release on reward. Like you have to, you kind of need to train yourself to play it a little bit because the pleasure's there, but everything the game's like messing with you. Like it's not trying to entertain you in that way. It's like, it's putting you in a position uh, as this character in the story who has amnesia. So it's kind of fun because then you get to sort of define your character, but then find out what you're really like. And well, it, it's, <laughs> That's a, it's that not, is it's a very like spoiler. Kind of it's not great. Twist. It's not great. Like, <laughs> and and it play. It, it's it's like as close to reading a novel and playing a video game at the same time as you're gonna get. And depending on which direction you go, you might get different things out of it. Like you could really there's a, a stat for drugs if you really want to be into taking speed. You can do that in the game, and your body can be really good at it. Or you can be like a, you know. Uh, like a super knowledge, your brain almost has like, uh, you know, mild Asperger's and that like every time you, you are like introduced to some piece of information, your brain will rattle off like five hours of data back at you because that's how you've shaped your character as okay. you know, like one of those. Yeah. It's just like, here's a book. It's a book by, um, you know, Stephen King, like Stephen King was an author in 1997 born this day. Like you get a whole Wikipedia entry <laughs> based on, you know, and it's like, it's like, and I went that way and the game took, I think five times longer to play <laughs> than, than normal, <laughs> but I enjoyed it. So I'm interested in actually playing again. I want to play as more of a meathead um, because I, you know, I was a weakling and I got, I couldn't fight. Like, I think I tried to punch a kid at one point. He, he's he's a okay. real jerk. But he, I was a, I'm a cop and he wasn't respecting me. So I'm like, hit, hit the kid. I'm like, yeah. This, so you have a character that can take many drugs to the point you have a basic immunity to it. Um, you can punch children, but also you're a cop. <laughs> Yeah, so you, you find out you're a cop. This is like in the trailer. It's not spoiled. And your brain talks to you, and you have 20 different facets of your brain. So one part of your brain is your logic, uh, your sense of drama. That's if you can read people if they're lying and lie yourself. But you also have your electrochemical system, which is your affinity for drugs. So if you are your, your electrochemical system, be like, you could really use a cigarette right now. You want one, you know? And then you have to be like, no, I don't want that. <laughs> You know, or you might say yes, and then then your your electrochemical system's like, oh yeah, that you're the best cop ever. You take a drag on that cigarette, that makes you a man. <laughs> you know, like like the game, like your brain is constantly talking to you in this really, really dynamic um, way. It sounds like <laughs> really on the nose way. Like it doesn't it's not, it doesn't sound forced or like gimmicky. It's like it's like reading a novel. You're just like sometimes the the game would anticipate my reactions to things and, and it would be like holy shit like get out of my head game <laughs> so it's really 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 it's hard to understate or underscore how good that game is for story and how it's ruined like almost all other games for me because they really did put a lot of effort into the writing and so it's not flashy or exciting and it might like the first few sessions playing i sort of had to force myself a bit to be like sit down play this but in once Elden i got Ring? hooked or in no no in oh, disco, in disco. Elysium. Okay. but once i got hooked into that game it's it's the best game experience so if you like story anyway you were talking about forbidden west but like if you like story and you own that game 
I would play it. I, I would be. I streamed all of it, so people got to see me make my poor life choices uh, live. <laughs> but I, if I had to choose, it's on Switch now. I think it'd be the kind of you know you curl up in bed with a book or something. Uh, okay. But you're a streamer. I kind of rec- it's, it's. I mean, it's. I don't know that it's going to get large audiences, but the people that were watching were really into seeing what I was doing and into the story and stuff. Like, it's a good experience. I enjoyed playing it in front of people because. It brought up top, like I would just stop and rant for an hour <laughs> because of something that came up that it made me think of. And I'm like, what game does that where I'm just all of a sudden talking about communism for an hour or something like that? So, you know, it, it's it's really good. It's anyways. Great story. So you like story games. I don't know how we got here, but forbidden. <laughs> that's OK. It was a fun tangent. It's fine. <laughs> yeah. Oh, that's that was the trouble is I love this game so much. I can't talk about it on core because, you know, Scott and John are like, yeah, we'll play it, you know, at some point. And I'm like, I want to find out what choices. You know, did they try and hit the kid? What other choices <laughs> didn't we I need see? need to know who's punching the kid. <laughs> yeah. Like, like there's like. And there's just like there's a lot of like um really like edgy you know like material moral in there decisions and moral decisions like there's um there's like a, a racist in there like not like a critical race theory racist like he's very well thought and you're just like you just want you just need him to get out of your way to get something but he's super strong and so like I was weak so I like I had to outthink him and I, it's just like you're you're getting into all this sort of questionable stuff just trying to get to the bottom of things right and there's there's a there's a union there's a labor union that's you know uh, stopping work and then there's a government that's trying to get them and you get this the thing that you're involved in gets in the middle of all that and it just gets it gets really <laughs> gets like deep, big like the sound of big, it <laughs> and, and, and like the funny thing is there's all these big complicated issues happening and you're like a drunk like you're a terrible cop you're like okay this you're- is sound too much like my real life and i don't like it <laughs> yeah yeah i know that's exactly i'm just like holy crap like you're you're basically a piece of crap right like they, they, that's the you wake up and you're just like oh my god you know like you look to you wake up you start the game like waking up after a hangover that's why you, you can't remember anything because you got so drunk you don't remember anything from your life at all oh my god <laughs> yeah there was and there was one point where i was on the phone calling like someone and you get a, you know, it's, uh, it was just, it's, it's so good. It is so good, but it's almost worth sharing because I, I just, it's an experience for sure. You so, feel anyway. about this game how I feel about Forbidden West right now? I think so. I think yeah. so. When a game really narratively <laughs> it t- uh, pushes your buttons or, or moves you in some way, like it stays with you. And those games, like, there's a lot of narrative games, but the games that really like, really affect you or like few and far between they're worth remembering so what is it about forbidden i know you talk about it a lot but (laughs) what is it about forbidden west that was really there's a lot of great reveals in it it sounds like or or like a a solid story would you say it's better than the first one like or is it the same well i'm actually i'm not at the end yet and that's what everybody asks me is like compared to the first one do you like this more or less and i'm like i don't know because i don't know what the end is Mm -hmm. and i feel Mm -hmm. like if they can stick the landing i will like this just as much if not more than the first game um there's a whole lot of discovery in the first game just about the world and how it works that you don't have in the second game obviously um, but at the same time, they still throw a lot of information and curveballs at you that are really interesting. And you really feel as one. this is one of the things that came up with Scott this morning. Um, it's one of those games where because Aloy grew up in exile, you're kind of learning about the world along with her, 
which I find oh. really interesting because like she doesn't know anything outside of like what her guardian has told her about their tribe. But that's all she knows. And then all of a sudden the world just kind of explodes around her and she, you know, has to go through all these trials and, and learns all this new information and learns about other tribes and all the rest of it. And it just keeps getting bigger and bigger and bigger. And they continued that in the second game. And I did like I didn't think it could get any bigger and it's just exploded. So Oh man, it's so good. <laughs> that sounds like the right way to do things. The two, the thing that both these games have in common is they have um, like neophyte characters you play as. Mm-hmm. I think it's sometimes in games you're like expert or you know everything about the world, but as a player you don't. You know, and yeah, I don't know if you connect as much to a character because if your if your actual activity in the game is to explore and learn, then you're sort of connected more to the avatar or the character you're playing if, if they're also doing the same thing. Yeah, I think that Something makes a that, lot of maybe. sense. And I mean, and obviously there's a, like the very obvious answer that you're also a female protagonist, right? Which is few Rare and far enough. between. Yeah. And, you know, well, she doesn't get a, written in, in a weird way. <laughs> an actual female protagonist that's a character and not, you know, right. A, and not a, not just a um, create character thing, creation. Basically. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like, it's just like, you know, there's this, which is fine. Yeah. That's your thing. But there's, there isn't a lot of actual, um, you know, three dimensional characters that are women. Yeah, for sure. very much. And like, there's, there's been a lot more options to play as women lately in gaming, but it's not quite the same as like writing a story and being like, this is your protagonist this is her backstory like it's very fleshed out versus just like you can put a male or female face on shepherd we're back and you missed the greatest (laughs) conversation podcasting has ever had in the (laughs) span of 10 minutes it happened and Man, you guys, honestly, I I feel so bad because Bo and I had a really great conversation that is going to be impossible to recreate about our romance options and why in Mass Effect. And yeah. uh, oh my god, it was it was so good. And I must have accidentally hit a button and stopped recording. So apologies. Uh, all I can say is that you're lucky I looked over and realized <laughs> that there's the the twenty show minutes the and there's only thirteen minutes. So, <laughs> uh, but yeah, so. T- t- bring it all back around to uh to elden ring and sorry about the kind of like short crazy cut we're about to do content wise because i can't even remember what we were talking about like 10 minutes ago to make any kind of reasonable segue so we're just gonna go (laughs) sorry i'm used to this because we do it all the time in core i've practiced (laughs) uh it's it's we went from disco elysium to mass effect to mass effect options and then we were going to bring it back to elden ring right yeah we were we were making our way back anyways but uh yeah you guys missed some gold i'm so sorry about that but uh yeah so elden ring so the reason that like i wanted to bring you on and talk to you is that like i know you haven't been in this universe very much and there isn't a huge crazy story element from from what i understand and feel free to correct me if i'm wrong but i know that they kind of build intricate universes but it's not quite the same as like here's a quest do the thing learn the story meet characters go like it's much more of like a like sandboxy experience maybe like go where you want and do what you want yeah so um i'm pretty sure i played an hour of dark souls but steam is telling me i played for one minute (laughs) 
Hello. Well, then Dark you had Souls a very, very, edition. you had a very similar experience to me then because I played a minute of Dark Souls and it felt like an hour. So I get it. <laughs> yeah, I'm pretty sure I went to the first boss in Dark Souls and died a couple times and and oh, went. Man. I don't I think this even, is for me. Yeah. And, and I meant to get back to it, but you know, I was playing lots of heroes. I had lots of games. It just I was like, meh. This, this this like this genre of game that's designed to be punishing until it's not, um, it's not making the cut because there's you know so much time you can spend on games. I just decided this wasn't going to be something I was going to look into. It's for the people who like it, right? Exactly, which is very similar to kind of the mentality and reaction I've had to all of their offerings. Because now, I mean, we're talking about there's Dark Souls, and that has is it two or three games now. Um, three. three, three, yeah. Bloodborne, um, go Sekiro, Sekiro, right? That's it. Um, um, and then there's uh, I feel like there's there another was, one. Uh, well, Demon Souls came before the Dark Souls games, right? Okay, yeah. So Demon Souls, uh, and then now Elden Ring. Yeah, I think that's the thread. And so what's kind of been happening is I've ignored this this you know game and ultimately genre genre, yeah. Um, uh, this whole time, you know, I'm like, well, that's just their game. That's just their game. But what's kind of funny is two things happen pretty consistently when there've been other souls like games by other companies, but when from software, who's seen as the progenitor of, of this genre, cause it's the game's named after dark souls, two things happen. One, the game always reviews well, really well. Mm-hmm. So it makes waves and start always starts the discussion. We don't have enough difficult, or which there should be difficulty sliders. Be, in games, yeah. The, the whole accessibility which conversation. Is, which I think it's just ridiculous because most games have difficulty sliders. So I, I feel like it's like, this is like, Twitter brain, like something's a controversy that isn't because most games have difficulty sliders or are designed like Stardew Valley probably doesn't have a difficulty slider, but <laughs> no one minds. You know what I mean? Like, I, I, I feel like I feel like part of this controversy, I'm not saying I'm not tinfoil hatting like conspiracy theory, but this only seems to come up when there's a from software game getting released. Right. When like a third when a, when a third tier developer releases a Souls like uh, clone game, no one's talking about it. it. Just always seems to come up when one of these comes up, and I feel like well, it's yeah, part of I mean, the overall. It's, it's the biggest, like uh, yeah. the most popular example. Like it, it's it's very kind of flagship in that way. Is that the conversation happens? I think when these Souls games come out, or when these FromSoft games come out, because they're the biggest in the space. Not that it's not yeah. worth talking about all the time, but. I think it's just one of those things where it's people look at it as, okay, time to have this conversation again. Has it changed in two years, three years, whatever it's been since the last um, kind of game we got out of these guys? And I, I think it's a it's a valid conversation. I know there's probably a lot of people who look at um, at any of the games, really, but particularly Elden Ring, just honestly, because I had this reaction too from the marketing, the marketing of this game made me think it was different from everything else they'd ever done. Like, it looked like they they were touting, like, George R.R. R. Martin's writing the story, and, you know, like, there's... It was all, like, super fantasy-looking, and, and there are some, like, instances that are freaking gorgeous. I My husband, Matt, is playing Elden Ring, and I walked through the living room last night when he was facing this, like... I don't even know, like fairy witch celestial boss or something. And he was like <laughs> running on water and she's like shooting these like stars and Adam and everyone's covered in glitter. And I'm like, I should love this game. <laughs> like all of these visuals are very me. But uh, but yeah, like I think uh, it probably pulled a lot of people in 
and generated mm. a lot of interest. And even though it was a from game, I think people kind of hoped that maybe they'd be able to play this one and, you know, to have it not have difficulty sen- uh, settings and to just be very, 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 very hard as the genre is known to be. I think that that just, you know, ended up putting a lot of people off because they had different expectations for Elden Ring, whether it's deserved or not. Yeah, I mean, it's a game, especially Elden Ring. It's got 9.5s and 10s or five star, like all across the board. So it's going to garner a lot of attention too, yeah. right? It's like, I mean, it's like the all the Metal Gear Solids have been 10s like in a lot of places and I haven't played any of them, but I think the thing you just said that Elden Ring looks really cool. Like Metal Gear mm-hmm. Solid doesn't look that cool. Like it's not military fantasy is not a universally appealing, but like angels and demons and fantasy stuff is very broadly appealing in general. It has a wide so, audience for sure. So, so I kind of feel like, Oh, I'm really interested in this game. And then there's sort of this, um, keep out sign on it or you buy it and you feel like you wasted your money cause you're not enjoying it, but mm-hmm. you, you should um like i think the difficulty conversation like is important but yes the, the are they i didn't really see a lot of the marketing so i can't i don't really have an opinion on the marketing um, i just know I, that the marketing got me excited about a game like this yeah. and i've never gotten excited about a game like this because of how hard i bounced off of dark souls so <laughs> i feel like yeah for better or for worse they reached me <laughs> so well, it's there it was definitely different <laughs> there's some confusing messaging not just in the marketing but coming out of like personalities and youtube streamers and or youtube personalities and streamers like like and other people talking about it saying that the game is a little more accessible even in the reviews like so what i remember from dark souls is it probably was open to an extent but it was very much a corridor experience from what i remember so the difference between Elden Ring and another game is that the comparisons to Breath of the Wild do exist in this game. So mm-hmm. if something, I've so, seen if that something a lot. is like kicking your butt, you can just, there's like, you know, I'll just walk around and I'll find random things. Like a bush started talking to me and I was like, <laughs> why is this bush talking to me? And I hit the bush a couple times and there's, there's a rat man in there and he's like, thanks for freeing me. I sucked being a bush. <laughs> And I was See, like, I feel cool. like that's the kind of stuff I would actually really enjoy. <laughs> yeah. And, and there's no quest markers. There's no notes. Like you just figure stuff out. There's this other area I was in where there was these, there's these giant bears in the game. They're like the size of houses. Right. And they chase even on a horse. <laughs> they can chase you down. They're ridiculous. I saw and, a clip of someone in a forest fighting a little bear and just managed to not die and kill the little bear. And then there's just this giant paw that comes across the screen. And then it just says, you died. And it's like, mom came home and got real mad that you beat up her baby. <laughs> the big the big bears are, are pretty ridiculous. Like, they're fast and strong and scary as hell. But there's this there's this area where there's, like, a, one of those big bears, and he's, he's digging in a hole. So you can kind of sneak up to him, and he doesn't, you know, he doesn't notice me. I hope he doesn't notice me. And then I hear this howling and like the game's got really good VO and sound, but the howling sounded like a bad, it sounded like a human. Like it sounded like a human going, oh, oh, it didn't sound like an actual wolf. (laughs) And I was like, you know, that wolf doesn't sound right. And it's these ruins, right? And I'm looking around and I look up and I'm like, there's a, there's a, 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 a guy up there on the top of the, <laughs> like the game doesn't hit you. It was just like, I just decided to look up and I was like, Hey, there's this guy up there. And then, um, 
I was streaming it, so so somebody actually mentioned there's an NPC who can ask about it. So I go ask this other NPC, and he's like, "Oh, that's uh, I can't remember his name, Bladic or Blade, or something like that, Blaze." What, what, um, use this uh, emote, and they, he gives me a finger snap emote, and it'll get his attention. So I go back and snap, and he comes down. It turns out it's a dog person. <laughs> it's not just the it, so. There's a dog person standing on the top of a ruin, and he's like, "Oh, hey, if you see this guy, let me know." And so, and it's, there's no quest. And this, I don't even still know the dog person's thing. That's, that's as far as I got. But the game, like, the world's just sort of very organic. And and so in terms of storytelling, like, there is a story, but there's no, uh, you know, three ages hence there was a war between wizards and then the world <laughs> but was... But that's it's what just I like, love. I want to know about the wizard war. <laughs> I think um I think like both are both are good. I like we were talking about good narratives before mm-hmm. and and um this story is tells it more in um light strokes and it doesn't overwhelm you. You know you're a tarnished. You know you're in a place called the lands between. But I mean, you don't know if this is a heaven hell place. I don't know if this is some other realm or dimension. It's just the world you're in and yeah, the reality it's just of the world what you're it's in. called. <laughs> and and it's just sort of it's like how you know how Mario has these worlds. You're like, there's mm-hmm. Yoshi Island. What planet is this on? Like you never even think about it. You're just like, yeah, it's Yoshi Island. Like it follows the same kind of thinking. Like it's just gonna say like this is what these are, and you're playing in it. And so, like, <laughs> accept it's kind it or of, don't. We don't care. This is just what's yeah. happening to you now. <laughs> but, but a lot of atmosphere and and you know, um, like immersion can't come from that, right? So, it, it it is it is pretty good. But I wouldn't call it like you know, I wouldn't compare it to Disco Elysium or probably to Forbidden West that we talked about earlier. Even Mass Effect, in terms of telling a really engaging story with a lot of detail. Mm-hmm. It's more the storytelling in a game like this is more just about it's the environment that's telling the story and it's you filling in the blanks. And there's something, you know, if you think about like how fairy tales, you know, they don't Little Red Riding Hood's not described. So Little Red Riding Hood could be anybody. And it's like this game takes that approach. And I would say like the Nintendo IPs tend to take that approach where things are abstract. So you can kind of approach it and fill in your own blanks. Or wonder, just sit and wonder what that is, and, and it be left at that. that. That's kind of the approach that this game takes. I'm assuming the other entries probably follow a sim- similar thing. So I guess that's where we get to the weird part, where it's like, well, George R. R. Martin was involved, yeah, and <laughs> and I'm you know, and George R. R. Martin is known for like you know five billion word books that don't get finished. <laughs> no lies detected. <laughs> yeah, so so it definitely isn't really his hallmark, like. There, you know, when I talk to an NPC, he's maybe got four lines of dialogue. It's all very sparse, but it really works. I mean, if you don't like that kind of thing, you don't like that kind of thing. Mm-hmm. But um, it does, it does evoke a really uh, strong sense of mood and place. And the one thing I will say about the world, the world being sort of a character, is that the world's actually, even though it's open world and there's stuff to discover in all kinds of places, it's very labyrinthine. Okay. Like there are a lot of there are a lot of passages where it's just like you're working your way around a mountain, and it gets really narrow, and you kind of feel like the world's a bit of a maze. Like it's interesting that way. Um, so you might take a wrong turn, but no matter where you go, you'll you're guaranteed to find something. You know, I, I went to an end of a road and I saw a big storm giant tied to a chain and I saw a, a cart behind him and I went, Ooh, there's probably something in that cart. So I snuck around him, got into the cart and then he saw me and yelled at me and I ran and then he got stuck <laughs> on his chain and I laughed. I went neener, neener, neener and moved on with my day and 
took his sweet treasure. Um, <laughs> so there's kind of always something going on. And I think that's probably where I, I feel like that's probably where the departure point from previous games are. And this, where this game meets is that this game really has a lot of real estate and that every corner is full, not only with obvious stuff to do, but you know, there's stuff you're missing because you didn't, you, you haven't figured something out, mm. but but nothing is so hard where it's like I'm missing everything. You know, you find something, so you feel like oh, I found something. It's just in the back of your head, like is there more around here? So I don't know. It's quite good. That that's that's from the from the the the, the lore perspective where I sort of consider the game world. The world itself is kind of telling you the story in dribs and drabs, and you're kind of filling in the rest in this gothic, grim, dark somewhere in between heaven and hell kind of world and the one last thing i'll say too is that you know how i haven't played much of breath of the wild but i do know you see ganon's castle i guess or whatever sort of looming in the background a lot yeah it's kind of just right in the middle when there's like a big barrier thing i think or something i can't it's been a long time since i played breath of the wild but it's there right at the very beginning like you can and speedrunners have technically go run straight to ganon and try try to murder him with your little wooden sword and three hearts like <laughs> yeah i feel like we're, we're probably going to see that with this except the difference instead of having something evil in the center there's actually that elden tree that erd tree that that you often see in the marketing like that, okay the gold beautiful trees in the middle and then you have all these castles like the skyline if you just at certain points at a high you sort of pan around there's like five castles all in these like craggy mountainsides or like what are all these castles like am i gonna go to all these castles like there's kind of this excitement about going to the castles like and there's this island how do i get to that castle there's a lot of like that too and that's actually i i found it really exciting because i'm like I, I i'm seeing all this stuff and i don't know how to get to it and i feel like i want to get to it so that's sort of been pushing me uh, towards that. But that's 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 on the story side of things. The yeah. story is if you like a good narrative, I, I probably would say the story's not great. Yeah. You know, I met a <laughs> I met a turtle in a pope hat and he's like, Do you want to learn a spell? You know, it's <laughs> I mean it's ridiculous, you know. So But at the same time, I think like uh, ridiculousness can can definitely be fun and can be really engaging. I think um it's more so just the construction of the narrative and sometimes like the linear feel. It doesn't even necessarily have to be like linear in terms of like we're just taking you on this one ride. Like I'm also a fan of like exploration, discovery, side quests, all that kind of stuff. I just want to care about what's going on and I want someone to tell me what's going on. And it sounds like maybe they've made a world for you to play in, but they're not going to tell you how, where, or even a lot of the why. <laughs> like, it's more of just a go where you want, talk to people, you'll find stuff out. But it's almost like more of a uh, like day-to-day -day activity story as opposed to a lot of the stuff that at least I'm used to, which is a lot of like, the world is ending, you're our only hope, and you have to play from, you know, start to this big event where you are may or may not win, but you're definitely going to win because that's the way everything works. Yeah. Like, yeah. And, <laughs> and a lot of those games, they, you hear the developers talk about the, those games and they're like, well, we want the players to use the system, so let's introduce them to the systems. And you see that thinking in the game as you progress through it, right? This game does a little bit of that for the basics and then does none of it. So, I mean, John was in watching me stream yesterday and he's like, I st I've been playing like I'm like level 50. I don't know how to get summons. And I got <laughs> summons in like 10 hours. And it wasn't because 
we did anything differently. I just had someone in my chat room point out, oh, if you go to this NPC and pick up the bell, you can use the summon. Mm. And I was like, oh, that's where I get the bell. The game didn't tell me that. Yeah. You know, like, <laughs> like and the, so the game does a lot of not telling you stuff. Like, I think, what was there? There's something that I figured out just yesterday that I didn't know that really helped me. And the game didn't explain to me, like, here's this mechanic and this is how this works. It's just through playing, I had to discover it. And your mileage may vary on whether you like that kind of thing or not. You know, mm-hmm. like some, and I will say this about the game sort of in tandem with that. It's that like, you know, a lot of good games will explain the mechanics so that you're able to use them and, and you know, have fun. Um, but a game like these Souls games, what they've also become is, is they're this weird MMO. Like in the way that Wordle is an MMO. We all, everyone knows Wordle. Yes, I, I oh, we know. Everyone, everyone <laughs> listening, you know, Wordle. So, so, and this this goes into why I think is the major underpinning of why there's no difficulty slider in this game and why things are not unex- explained. Um, I don't think Wordle would have been as popular of a game if some people were playing a version that pre-populated like three of the letters and you only had to guess two versus people doing all five, right? There's this kind of like community shared experience that that, that comes along when everyone's (laughs) when everyone's playing on the same baseline right like you can always cheat at wordle and you can always (laughs) hack a mod into dark souls or whatever like but i think what i'm discovering about this game is there is very much a community aspect to this so there's twitter in the game right people leave messages and sometimes oh, oh, okay. it's misinformation. I thought you meant there was actually like Twitter integration, but yeah, it's, I know what you mean about leaving messages. Yeah, okay. It, it's an in-game Twitter, yeah, and like you know, sometimes there'll yeah. be a pit, and someone will mark "try jumping," right? And like, everyone's <laughs> like, "That's misinformation," and you'll you'll get these like um, the most Great, popular I one in this more game. Fake news in my life, Jesus Christ! Yeah. You'll, and you'll see a lot of like shit posting. Like you'll see a lot of um because it's templated. You can't just type whatever you want. You have to use from a list of preset words and structures <laughs> so people try to make you know asinine things out of what's there so the popular one is um try finger butthole and butt is with one t oh, so if you're seeing that going oh, around yes. it's because it's because people are just trying to be dirty in the game because the kid like you know like a 15 year old's like ha 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 try finger butthole and they post that everywhere and other players see that and you know you'll be like oh there's a note here from another player that tells you to like you know <laughs> to go finger your butt <laughs> yeah exactly <laughs> and it's, it's like it's kind of immersion runic except it's part of the experience there's this sort of social experience because there's been helpful things the one of the most helpful messages <laughs> is when someone's it's like ambush to the left <laughs> no not that one it's you know, and you can even upvote and downvote them too, so you can oh, give the okay. core appraisals. Yeah, <laughs> I would yeah. be really curious to know the very first person who put that in the game how many upvotes that one posting has. Oh yeah, yeah, a lot. I'm sure. I'm I sure. saw it a lot on Twitter, um, <laughs> on actual Twitter too. Another one that's a popular troll is to just go to a wall and put secret door ahead. <laughs> But there's no secret door, <laughs> you know. Oh, great, great! So the already yeah. super difficult and punishing game also has people trolling you so that you stare at a wall for an hour. Yeah, great. But then, the, then the Elden police come along and someone puts a second message and they write liar ahead. So, <laughs> so then you, you know, you know, and like you kind of suss it out. Like try jumping and secret door ahead are like the top two like troll messages I see most consistently. It's like so unoriginal, but like it just still happens. But there's a few other aspects that are social about it um, that um, 
uh, one is like when someone dies, you could potentially see the blood stain in your game world and see how they died. So like if you know there's like a blood stain around an innocent looking corner, like you look at it and you see how the person walked around the corner and then just immediately got you know run over by something or something <laughs> happened they started fighting you're like oh that's a warning you know like it, it it really adds a sense of atmosphere and then you see ghosts of other people playing while you play too and, and that's kind of like some people find it distracting but it's kind of cool um as well as you know uh People can invade your game, although it hasn't happened to me yet. Although there are, there are NPCs who do it to kind of teach you a bit about how that works. Okay, so um, when like, you say like invade uh, your game, do you have to like turn that function on? Because it's a multiplayer thing, right? Yeah, so I believe you can you you can opt out of all of that. But if you okay. opt out of that, you opt out of everything. So you just have a vanilla game. Oh, so if that's okay, what, so then you'd have like no messages, no no bloodstains, yeah, yeah. no nothing. Oh, no, okay, so it's like no it's all or choosing. nothing with the social stuff. Okay. Yeah, there's no picking and choosing. The thing is, it's like I the messages have benefit. Like there's a lot of ambushes. There's a lot of I, there's a lot of legit item ahead. Like check this out or like be careful. People ambush. actually being nice and giving you real yes, information. <laughs> There, there are helpful people out there as well. So it's just parsing, you know, what's what's good and what's not. As well as um, the first boss, you can you can invite people to help you um, in your game too, like random, and you can queue up to help other people. So, so like the first boss was really hard. I did him a couple times, and someone said, "Hey, there's a stone there. You can bring someone to help your game." And so I summoned them, and it, there wasn't an actual person; it was a bot. But the game. I think that was there to introduce you to the mechanic of it because it's you have to use fingers to do the multiplayer stuff. The fingers are relevant, but um, these finger items. Okay, I was um, like, um. it doesn't explain to you very clearly. There's a finger to do co-op. There's a finger to do invasions. There's, there's a finger you know, to do your butt. There's, yeah, there's, there's, that's why fingers are in the thing because fingers are an item for. Like it has all this like weirdness. It isn't just like a cue for dungeon. Let's go. Like it, it's all like magically items. That right. You it's sort of it's immersive still. It has like its it own code. Yeah. It has. It, it follows its own code, which is fine. I just, you just have to learn it. But um, and then so I, I had a summon help me with the first boss, and I had a, a co-op partner help me with the first boss, and I beat it. And it wasn't that hard. Um, it certainly is a challenging and punishing game, but there are, there are options to make it easier. Mm-hmm. Um. The other aspect, too, is just leveling up. I mean, most RPGs are, you know, you, you go to a new zone and it's hard and then you get some levels and all of a sudden it's not that bad. Or you get a new ability, a new item. Uh, this game very, you know, th- this game is hard in proportion to, you know, how much equipment you've collected and gear you've got. So, like, I think right now I've anything I've tried to fight has not taken me more than five tries to beat and maybe i'm a little bit better of a gamer than average probably that's true but it's only <laughs> taken me five tries except for this one night that was optional that i didn't realize that i did like 20 times but i eventually overcame it and um just that kind of gameplay is is you know it's going to vary for people how much they want they want to take that on um because at the end even though there's an open world there are castly levels that are like linear that are I like was gonna tra- ask traditional you if you, if you have yeah. been in any of those five castles that you mentioned kind of drew you in yeah the, well i've gone to the first castle because that's where the game leads you and at a certain point exploring the world is just aimless there's no quests there's no 
I was going to say, yeah, if the game led you there, I didn't think it was a kind of game that led you anywhere. So it's good to know that there's a little bit of direction that at least introduces you to what you're supposed to do. The points of grace, which are the save points, um, uh, do street like have a little stream of light that show you where the direction is you need to go. So, you know, if you're ever in doubt, you can follow that and, and figure out where you need where you need to go. Um, but it's pretty open. There's no main, there's no MSQ. Like there is one, but there's no like UI for it. So really you're just left to your own devices in this game. I think overall, I, I, so as a stream a viewer, uh, 704 was a viewer in my channel bought it for me. I was not going to buy this game. I was going to skip it like all the other ones, but I, I, and at first I was a little put off by, there's some things I'm put off by when you die, you lose your experience points and you only have one life to go try and get them back. That can make exploration a little rough. Sometimes if you got a big stockpile, but can't spend it, mm. then all I feel like I can do is just farm until I can spend it. I can't store it somewhere safely. And, I, and then, you know, like I took out a telescope and then I accidentally rolled and fell off a cliff and lost all my points, <laughs> you know, which is like, a hilarious like, story for me as an outside person. But I, mean, I think was, if that had happened to me in my game, I would have thrown a controller and never started the game up again. <laughs> it was funny, but I yelled the F word into the mic. <laughs> I, was like, I was so mad in the moment. I was like, oh, my God, I was trying so careful not to die. And I just, you know, derped Ruined into a it, hole. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> So, you know, there, there's some there's some frustrating parts, but the game is kind of designed like at, when you're get, when I'm getting frustrated, I'm like, this is the point of the game. Like I can switch to Lost Ark or, or play some other game if, if if, you know, I have no problem sort of stopping this game. It's just I find myself going back and, and making a little progress and getting a little better at it each time. And I think that's, you know, from from the perspective of the game, like it's been successful for the company. So it's it's hard to argue, you know, they're certainly not getting the kind of feedback that should make them think they need to change it. Right. Mm -hmm. I think where it gets kind of iffy is I think there's some, you know, there's, there's bad takes. We had, we had, you know, there are players with bad takes in world of Warcraft. I mean, name a game that's in the public consciousness and, and you get people with less than generous perspective about it. And, you know, some of that is like that toxic, uh, you know, this game game is for real gamers or it's, it's for people with skill keep out of you know and that's i just don't i don't think that was ever true because and i made this point last week i'm like there are people who like play you know super metroid do it in 20 minutes never get hit once only do three upgrades like why are you playing on normal if you're that good like why does the game need to give you the difficulty mode like there's always somebody own, doing there's better. There's always a, a so chance to make you sh- your own challenges. Yeah. So why why would you have the attitude of shitting on somebody because you can beat the basic version of the game? Like why don't you no hit Dark Souls or something like that? Right. Like you know, it, it, there's always a bigger fish, I guess, when it comes to that. So it's just really about the bully and not about any sort of objective reality. Yeah, which I mean is kind of a a good argument for adding accessibility if everybody's baseline is different, right? Like why not put the baseline low and then allow your players to basically you're allowing your players to explore the world in whatever way they see fit why not let your players create the difficulty in whatever way they see fit yeah and i think i think where this is it's it's not about it's not about who's better or, or or that kind of thing it's that this there was a tradition in gaming for like nintendo super nintendo era i'm sure genesis or games were 
were like this. Like I remember playing Ninja mm. Gaiden. You know, you get three continues and you got to start at the beginning. Yeah, and I had a friend over, over again, yeah. and we would take turn playing lives. And it was just hard. Like it was just designed that way. And we kind of innovated ourselves out of that because we have so much technology and so many features and, and so much stuff. that <laughs> So much space for save games now. <laughs> yeah, exactly. That we, we sort of like, like we can save games. Like why would we ever make games like this again? And I think. If, I think if you were to talk to the people f- from software, it wouldn't be because, like, we only want people of skill to play our game. It would be more like we're just making this style of game, like the style of game that we don't make anymore. Um, we're making. And, you know, uh, the game doesn't start you back at the beginning when you die. It, 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 <laughs> Can you, have, you imagine? <laughs> I mean, it would be well, very rough. Because the other but, thing is, too, we make games a lot larger than we ever used to make before, right? Like, there's one thing yeah. about starting over after a couple of levels of Mario. It's a whole other thing starting over after a 50-hour experience. <laughs> yeah, exactly. You know, and there are people who, you know, I played Hardcore Diablo 3. I lost a 70-hour character and all the gear I had worked for to a pink unicorn. Did that unicorn. crush your soul? Because I feel like it would crush my <laughs> it soul. It was rough. It was, and I, I lost it to, I lost it to rubber banding. I wasn't doing anything that big. It just, it was, um, I guess I, I didn't even, I DC'd, but it, it was like, it was just like a, you know, like a burp, you know, sometimes it happens. You just get disconnected from a server sometimes Yes, yeah. for, for whatever I logged back in and, and, and you were the, dead? I, I was dead. Oh God. I was like, uh, that's why I sort of quit hardcore in Diablo three after that. I, I well, I didn't quit right away. I built up. So when you play a hardcore character in Diablo three, you get spare gear in case you die. So I had spare gear, but after I think I lost that character after another so many hours, I can't remember. And then I was like, okay, I'm done. <laughs> I'm done playing hardcore in Diablo. But um, I actually, um, I actually like that kind of gameplay. But Dark Souls is way too ridiculous. I mean. The one thing about it, it, it's, it does harken back to those games where you can take, what is it, like Battletoads? What are some, what are some other games? Where you take two hits and you die, right? Like the health bar might look long, but some of these guys will hit you three times and it's over. Mm-hmm. Which and is, it's which just, is really you know, interesting yeah. because, I mean, like that happens all the time in games. I mean, it happens in Zelda. You start, I talked about a little bit earlier, like you start with three hearts. There's stuff that will hit you for a heart or two early on in the game, if not completely one shot you, it's the same sort of thing. Like in forbidden West, I was talking about this. We have a thread in the, in the TGI discord. If you guys want to join in on the forbidden West chat, but um, like we were talking about that too, about how like you have, you know, two, three, four, 500 hit points, depending on how far you are through the game. And there's still like the machines will still one or two shot you like even at four and 500 hit points. Like it happens in tons of different games. It's just for some reason, there's this like stigma around Dark Souls style combat. And I've been definitely guilty of like talking like that and using that phrase. And then I'm just like, you know what? There's a lot of games out there that if I get hit once or twice at the wrong time by the wrong thing, I'm just going to die. <laughs> yeah. And I, I think I think it comes down to gameplay. Like, I think there's a whole bunch of noise and, and reputation and, and all this kind of business with the game where when you look at it, even Dark Souls, it was like you started a continue spot. Yes, you have to do some content you did again, but that's like a lot of games where you start at the checkpoint if you mm-hmm. die. And the game, okay, it's pretty challenging, so you'll have to restart a lot. But like a lot of games, not a big deal. I think where it gets to be a big deal is that the controls are very um, 
they're kind of bad. Like they're kind of deliberately bad because that's the style. Like, okay, so if you think about this, this is something else I wanted to talk to you about, because to me, yeah. it always looks like everybody's moving through like molasses. <laughs> like yeah. their feet are stuck on the floor. No one moves very quickly. And I watched Matt do a boss fight after I had just come off of like Horizon Zero Dawn, where I'm diving like 10 meters at a time and sprinting around like a mad woman. And he's like, thump, 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 dodge. Yeah, <laughs> it's a, it's yeah. a slight lean. And I'm like, damn, um, these are two different like animation styles. And I wasn't sure if like the controls also felt like that but it sounds like yes <laughs> i would say they were definitely when i first i remember playing dark souls one and not liking the controls and playing it now it feels like it's better even though it's been many years since the two experiences i could be off it feels like probably the best version of this kind of control schema and, and responsiveness and all that that you could get from this game but it's very deliberately um it's deliberately slow, but still fast, right? So it's not like a turn-based thing or you don't have like 10 seconds to like really think about it. But it's your actions have to be deliberate in a pretty rapid, um, at a pretty rapid pace. And there's no um, interrupts or an animation cancels. I think that's one of the big things that a lot of games have where if you're playing kind of an action adventure like this, you might draw your bow, you might swing a sword, but then you got to use a dodge input or some sort of more higher priority thing in order to counter an enemy mechanic. And a lot of games are usually pretty forgiving and just let you do that even if you're in the yeah, middle of a Yeah, let you dodge even if you're doing something, yeah. Yeah, yeah you hit dodge, everything stops, you, you dodge. You dodge, and yeah. That, that has a, there's a big, like, um, there, that's a really big reason why games feel good. Like, when they talk about, um, even like World of Warcraft has interrupts and stuff like that. Like, most games, uh, Heroes has abilities that can interrupt other things or... Uh, you can even interrupt auto attacks if you're like, oh, shit, I don't want to do that. Like there's there's a level of control where your character's responsiveness, your character's responsive to your will in that moment. If you're like, oh, shit, this game is kind of like if you start spamming the wrong buttons, you're kind of committed to your parry or your block or your if you, you know, have a big sword swing. You're making that sword swing. If you make that sword swing, then see him doing a faster attack than you. There's no like pulling up your shield you've you've committed to the move you're doing so you're gonna take it in the face you know you're gonna get that sword you're gonna, you're gonna hit with that sword like that so it can that's where i think the game feels punishing because when you start getting panicky you start mashing button like everyone kind of plays that way and when you have like interrupts it's not dodge, just me <laughs> yeah i know when you, when you have interrupts and dodge buttons and you go for them right away because you're like oh this is a bad call i need to get safe and this game will not let you do it. And some of the characters, you know, really like they're, they're the size of houses and they're coming at you with these giant things. And you're like, I just want to swing my dinky sword. And all of a sudden this guy's like giant fist is going to crush me into a pancake. <laughs> and I want to jump out of the way. And you're like, sorry, you can't. And I'm like, then you start to feel like, man, my brain is slow. But <laughs> I but, feel like that is a hundred percent. What I would think is a man like, what is wrong with my fingers? Am I suddenly 80? why is this so punishing yeah. but yeah it never even occurred to me that dodge would be something that would override everything else in most other games and yeah, just that yeah. one little change is enough to to make you feel bad <laughs> yeah yeah like i mean animation speed animation cancels right like yeah i think really good games too always feel very smooth as you as you 
might do an attack than a dash like it looks really cool and, and like there's some wizardry behind that um but that's not that's like that's not this game if you do anything you're committed to that action and so there's a consequence there can you'll be punished if you make a mistake uh that way and i think that's countered by studying the telegraph so the enemies will often signal what they're about to do next or as you play them more, you understand the pattern. So you yeah. start understanding when your windows are. And it's not the same for every player because you can play as a, I'm told playing as a mage is the way to go if you want an easier experience because it's ranged. You mm. don't have to do as much dodging. And, and you know, you stand from afar and pew pew them, right? Same with play, maybe playing a, a bow, a bowman. Mm-hmm. Um, so there are also options to make the game easier depending on class, which the game doesn't explain to you. It's of also, <laughs> it, but. But that makes a lot of sense because I'm playing like I'm playing a wretch, which is like basically I have no class. So do you have to make that decision like right at the beginning or does it kind of? Oh, okay. Yeah. At the beginning, you can pick a class and a class is just kind of like a pre-built pre-gen. So you can be a samurai, you can be a wizard or a priest. They got weird names for them, like a prisoner or whatever. But there's a huge number of like magic dude, bow slinger, like guy yeah, with big the, sword and shield like all the templates are there yeah. the reason it was hard for me is i so there's a apparently it's a hard mode but i just didn't know what class to pick so i picked a wretch which means you just have a loincloth like you literally <laughs> everyone every, people were dropping so in the stream be like, like where's your clothes like you're playing this like deadly ass game and, you, and Bo just runs in in his loincloth swinging his sword yeah. like, and the loincloth <laughs> is so thin it's not a it's the, it, like I was playing a dude, but like it doesn't cover the whole buttock. It's like it's kind of thongy. And whenever I had to get something out of my like get an item, he pulls it out of his butt crack. Like he actually literally. Oh, I thought you were gonna say you had to like bend over into a chest or something, and he gave the screen and uh, the stream a show. Uh, He he does a lot of squatting too. The the chat room like that as well. But it's 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 um. You know, it was fun because then it was like all my armor. I had to, you know, kill guys and be sneaky. And the first little bit of the game was challenging until I found all my gear. Um, Anyways, that's the hard way to play. So you can also have an easier experience by just playing a pre-gen. They give you a full set of armor, full set of gear. You're out the gate as your class. And um, your butt's not hanging out. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And so, but if you wanted to be a spellcaster, I think you can just start with a there's, a, there's clerics and then there's like arcane spellcastery guys. So you can be a rogue in it too. Like there's daggers. There's a sa- samurais are cool. The samurai swords are cool. Um, or you can just be, you know, a knight with big sword or pole armor or whatever. Like there, there's actually like a huge variety of weapons, which is kind of exciting. Like I just have all these weapons. I found Wolverine claws. Um, and I think I the saw idea Matt is playing with Wolverine claws last night. And I was just like, that's actually yeah. really cool. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And I have a spell that puts poison on them. So it looks cool. Like, like the RP there's a, there, I don't, I can't, again, I can't compare it to how other games, the souls games are, but there is a level of like RPG, uh, to it. That is like, you're building your stats and building the weapons that work best with the stats and living out sort of a class fantasy. Um, that is also kind of, it's been fun to explore that um Man. and yeah so it's just th- i think the, the the punishing part is getting used to like not spamming inputs when you're fighting and then just being willing to learn like um there's a guy in my stream who's like uh because I, 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 i'll just have my samurai sword out and i'll be one-handing it he's like oh it drives me nuts put it in both hands you'll do 50 percent <laughs> more damage 
And I'm like, I get it, but I'm, I look cooler with one hand, you know. <laughs> and this stream is all about the looks. Have you seen you know, my butt? <laughs> I don't mind a better backseat playing. I get it. Yeah, I, I get it. It was it was okay, but it was it's just um, you know, the, there is a little bit of that, like learning to two hand. Like you have to there's an input to switch from one hand to two hand, and learning to do that. You know, getting in the habit, it took a little while. So like, you have to be willing. I think if you're going to play this game, to be like, there's there's better ways to do things, and, mm-hmm. and be willing to be like. You know, just okay with learning, learning it or hearing from people that, you know, it'd be better if you do it this way and and be willing to sort of improve in that way um, so, because it helps you beat the boss. Yeah. <laughs> You're like, yeah. I know you've been streaming this, but have you like had to look up a whole bunch of stuff or do you even know what to look up or like you don't I've know what av- you don't know, right? Like, <laughs> I, I've been avoiding looking anything up. I wanted to come at it fresh, especially because there's so many Souls games have happened and I've really not paid attention to it at all. So the only help I've gotten is from chat room. A lot of great stuff um, from chat room, but um but not like, you know, earth shattering, but I find chat room was very helpful because people that are into this game, they just want, that's the thing. They want to spread the knowledge, right? This is, you know, it's like they want you to, they want you to beat the bosses. They celebrate when you beat something. It's fun. It's been kind of why I kept playing. I beat something hard and I look at the chat channel and everyone's like, GG. And I'm like, oh, I feel so good. <laughs> um, I'm the best. But um, I did look up one thing, which is just understanding how many levels there are and how to build and what, so- you know, you're a WoW player, uh, what soft caps. You know, I don't want to put a thousand points in the strength if there's a soft cap. And, yeah, yeah, at 500 or something. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So I, I did, didn't did do intensive research, but I did look. I kind of forget what it was, but like the first milestone is 20 and then focus on getting a lot of health. Like there's there's just sort of way to, to go about you have two, you pick two primary stats that aren't health or endurance, and you get those up to twenty. Then you would get your I think you want to get your endurance maybe up to twenty or so, and endurance. Um, so there's no encumbrance. You can carry as many items as you want, but you can't equip as many as items as you want. So there's this thing where if you're at seventy percent encumbrance on your equipped items, you start fat rolling. So there's a there's a there's a there's a dodge what roll. Is fat rolling. So so there's a, so there's a dodge roll right like in, like in a right. ton of games you press yep. a button you dodge roll but in in Elden Ring and I think in all the Souls like it's like this if you're wearing light armor you you roll farther and if you were if you have a medium load of armor you roll a medium amount but if you have like super plate mail on and you have a full load of armor you fat roll which means you roll and go like a you know you move a foot like you barely roll and you also look pretty goofy when you. Okay. <laughs> Like, like I was you're so heavy. like just laying on the ground and like rolling. <laughs> it's it's, it's kind of like that. Like it, it looks derpy. Like, it, it, but I didn't realize I was fat rolling. And the people in the chat were like, "Oh my god, you're fat rolling!" And I was like, "What, what do you mean, fat rolling? What are you talking about?" <laughs> I feel very attacked right now. <laughs> yeah. It's like, "Oh my god, fix your armor. You're fat rolling." And I was like, "Oh, I didn't. Re- you kind of don't realize it." I'm like, "Oh, I was wondering why I wasn't dodging out of the way of things. It's because I was only moving a foot to the side, and like I I roll three times." To to get as far as I could get with if I had a medium load. So endurance, you want to make sure you get some point in that. That was sort of the original thing uh, so that you can carry more. Um, that way you can equip better stuff. If you're, I'm going melee, so I need armor. Right. And, and then um, health, you want as much health as you possibly can. And <clears throat> once you've like gotten like 40 or 50 or so points in health, then you'll start maxing out your stats that you originally started with. And, and so I think the game goes up to like, you can go up to like level 200 or 300 or something like, like it's gotta be a ridiculous amount of levels to get that many points. Cause it's one point per level and it's incremental. Oh, damn. So, 
Yeah, and like the the cost is starting to really go up. I'm at level 32. I still haven't beaten the first boss. So, oh so that's what I mean. We're like this game is <laughs> this game is difficult, but like the tools are there to help you scale. You know, like a raid boss is only as difficult as the gear everyone has. Yeah, no, it's very true. It. Very true. And there's an element of that to this. It's still like really hard. You still have to learn patterns, and I still haven't. I beat the first boss, but I haven't beat the first castle. So at the same time as I have all this insight, having played 30 or 40 hours, I've barely gotten through the game. So <laughs> it, the, the game could just turn around and be like an absolute nightmare, like a fuel. Like, I, I don't know. So we'll see if that's coming. Well, I, I look forward to, to seeing how your journey goes. And so you you have been streaming. We've mentioned that a couple of times. Uh, why don't you tell everybody where they can find your Elden Ring stream adventures? Oh, sure. Twitch.tv slash Bo Schwartz. It's my name. B-E-A-U-S-C-H-W-A-R-T-Z. It's just easier that way because it's the same across all platforms. Yeah, Gorath I did. Gorath is taken all the time. Yeah, I made that change <laughs> very, yeah, probably seven or eight years ago now where I was just like, you know what? I'm just Joss. I'm Joss everywhere. Like, let's just yeah. stop with these like weird names. <laughs> I, just, I need one that was not taken, like, because Gorath gets taken. There was a, a character in a book, so other people just take it. Mm. And, and yeah, so. And it's a, a Godzilla villain. There's a butterfly or something like that, or alien. <laughs> Yes, the old butterfly alien. I, no, I remember that one. That's, Moth, <laughs> that's, that's Mothra. Mothra. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I, I mostly know Gorath. It's a Raymond D. Feist fantasy novel character. That's right. You ever played the PC game Betrayal at Crondor? I have not. Oh, okay. Well, there's an NPC in there it's a, called Gorath. That's where I took the name from. <laughs> and apparently everybody else. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, a lot of people. The name gets taken often, so it's, that's why I do that. I was doing the G0R4TH, but... Everyone just calls me Garth, so um, <laughs> no, didn't really wasn't feeling it. <laughs> That's fair. That's fair. Uh, so yeah, thanks again for being on here with me. Like you said, it's it's Bo Schwartz in all the places, including your Twitter and everything yeah, else, right? Twitter. Anything else you yeah. want to kind of pimp before we wrap this up? No, I mean you know check me out on Core. Uh, that's a Core Pod on Twitter. I don't know where you get it. Just look for Core <laughs> on Apple. It's on the, it's on the podcast places. I'm sure Spotify and all that. And yeah, that's pretty much it. Oh, and there will be dungeons. I play D and D on Saturdays. Um, I DM a game, so uh, there will be dungeons.com for that one. That I know. Awesome. Well, thanks again. Yeah. And also wanted to take a moment and say thank you to Wicked Kitten, who is our March patron. Thank you so much for supporting the show over at patreon.com slash the gamers in. Um, if you want to continue the conversations, I mentioned it earlier, but you can join the discord at bit.ly slash TGI discord. You can also follow us on Twitter. You can find me, Jocelyn at Joss Plays, Ryan is at R. Murphy, and don't forget to follow the show at the gamers in. Thanks for staying at the gamers in. Remember, tune in next week. Bye, everybody. Bye.